This episode is brought to you by The Picard, the podcast. Available wherever you download podcasts. It's great. You should listen to it. It's all about the show, Picard, or Star Trek, colon, Picard. Available on CBS All Access. If you're watching it, you should be listening to the podcast, because it's great. Available where all podcasts are found. I need one more reason. <laughs> one more reason, because some of those were bullshit reasons. Why should people listen to it? It is one of the top-rated podcasts about Picard. All right, I'll take it. Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. How to do ad reads anymore? That was fucking read. <laughs> Give me something to read. The, I did put you on <laughs> I might the spot. Be able to do it better. I mean, at, at least it wasn't an ad for Fireside. <laughs> anyway, everyone go listen to the Picard podcast because it's good. It's good. I like it. I like that people actually review it. Yeah, and like it's usually positive about me. And when people review this podcast, it's usually negative about me. <laughs> But, you know, I'll take the negative <laughs> and the positive. Just That's a good podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you, my theory is that people like co-hosts better. <laughs> that's true. Everyone does. Yeah, it's like oh, all the things are like, oh, and Dan Benjamin's good, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's the main. Anyway, let's get into movies. Fuck that podcast. Let's talk yeah. about this podcast. All right, uh, let's hop right into reviews. You ready for the reviews? Yes, I am. There's no fucking reviews for our not. show. <laughs> We curse on this show. I gotta bleep myself the other way. Uh, ready for the mailbag? Yeah. Oh, there's no mail. Oh. But tell you what. Uh-huh. Ready for our check in with Brian? Yes, I am. There's nothing from Brian. Oh, come on, Brian. Now let me tell you something. <laughs> now I understand the difference between a podcast with like four thousand listeners versus <laughs> tens of thousands of listeners. <laughs> when you have tens of thousands of listeners, you might have two or three people interact with you. When you have four thousand, it's the rare person. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, Brian seemed real. Uh, re- he had a lot of opinions about how this show should run, but then apparently stopped listening to it. So, come on, Brian. I need some updates. What's going on in your life? You, 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 you single? You got uh, any hot dates coming up? Uh, who are you voting for? <laughs> let's, uh, let's get it out there. You want to talk about the weekend box office? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read the weekend box office. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a caveat in here okay. that I want to talk. That'll be our first news story. So, what do you think number one is? Uh, Sonic. Correct. Sonic the Hedgehog. Boom. Fifty eight million dollars. Which I just saw. You just like, <laughs> like moments ago. Literally just walked back. And in the I house. did not. I played. <laughs> I mean, games podcast instead. studio. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, what do you think number two is? Um, is it? Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Yes, but Box Office Mojo has the original title, so can you please say the entire original title? Oh, fuck. Uh, Birds of Prey and the fabu- uh, Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Nice! Yeah! yeah. 17.2 <laughs> Fantasy Island comes in number three, which I didn't even know came out with oh, 12.3. The Photograph with 12.2 and Bad Boys for Life still clinging on to the top five. 11.5 yeah. million. Bad Boys for Life. Uh, okay, so here's the caveat. <clears throat> Sonic and Birds of Prey both are also claiming Monday sales in their figures because it's President's, President's Day, Day weekend. It's four-day weekend. Okay. So they're claiming those sales. I'm not sure how I feel about that, yeah. but they are saying an opening weekend of $70 million, not 58 Okay. Which, well, I, I figured, uh, yeah. 
they they usually tack on if it's like a bank holiday or like a you know government holiday. I'm not sure if I agree, but doesn't I matter. Feel like they I usually feel like, they do like Memorial Day weekend. I think like, a lot of people don't get off for President's Day. Yeah, uh, but anyway, neither here nor there. They're claiming seventy, but we're gonna stick with just fifty-eight million. And with just fifty-eight million, mm. they got a record. Yeah. What do you think that record is? Oh man, uh, it's easier than you think it is. It's very broad. The most money on a on a President's Day weekend? No, it's most money <laughs> mm-hmm. for any movie uh-huh. based on a video game. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah okay, I can see and that. that's with the fifty-eight. Yeah, because Warcraft tanked. Yep. That was I mean, supposed there's so to be like many, the big Doom, one. Uh, yeah. Max Payne. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of the ones that were like supposed to have been blockbusters. So, <laughs> coming in second with 54.3 million opening weekend, which means they were handily beat mm. by Sonic, is Detective Pikachu. Oh, uh, okay. And I yeah, would that not would have, have picked other. this movie to beat Detective Pikachu. Weird. Because I love De- Detective Pikachu. Yeah. So, huh. that, uh, record-breaking, the um, the director uh, put out a big thank you to everyone. And I do wonder if this is people putting their money in their mouth and when they're, like, redesigned a little shit. Yeah. And they're like, okay, they gave us what I want, so now they get our 12 bucks. Well, yeah. I mean, that's basically what I did. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, it, oh, so it actually go looks in. good. I'm going to go see it. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of, Daniel, mm-hmm. your review. Huh? Your review of the movie. Oh, Let's my review. It. So it's fun. It's a. It's definitely a kids movie. Sure. Um, in that they they don't take a lot of care in, uh, plot? making sure things make sense internally logically. Sure. Within the plot, um, but the major stuff is consistent. Okay. Um, so like the uh the rings that we were wondering about, what the hell are they gonna do with these rings? They set up in the first scene of the movie. Um, they're in like Sonic's universe and apparently because he's got power as like a small child, all of these other people are trying to hunt him down and like take his power from him. Got it. So they're like, all right, you have to leave this universe. You have to go somewhere where they won't find you. Mm-hmm. And then they use the rings are like teleportation devices. Okay. So you think about where you want to go, you throw the ring and then it does like a Dr. Strange portal. Type How of many thing. rings are there? Uh, he's got a little like satchel of them. Oh, nice, for, good for him. Yeah, so yeah. he he basically goes to Earth and then stays there for like ten years, and then you pick it up ten years later. Oh, so because he was like a kid when he jumped away from his why universe. Earth? Yeah, because it was safe. I how's, guess how's they, Jim they don't have teleportation technology. Right. Um, Jim Carrey's good. He's Jim carrying it up. Yeah, I've heard. I've seen a lot of stuff where it's like he is like peak Jim Carrey in this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe they could have done a few more takes on some of the jokes. Sure. Okay. But, again, kids movie. Right. And it's probably geared toward people who aren't familiar with Jim Carrey's early work. He's been doing <laughs> so, so much. So it's all, like, fresh and new for them. Right. So it probably lands real good, you know? Like what's your Jim Carrey? Is it is your first Jim Carrey Grinch? Is your first one Ace Ventura? Is your first one in Living Color? Oh, like, yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm, like, in between in Living Color and, like, The Mask. Gotcha. <laughs> like, so Ace in my Ventura head, era. It's, it's Fire Marshal Bill and Ace Ventura. Yeah. And everything else is just those characters playing other characters. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, a lot he's he's gotten a little heat too because one he's a very bizarre human now yes and i think this all has a lot to do with man on the moon i think he lost yeah his he went shit. like method actor nuts and then kind of <laughs> became andy kaufman in a way yeah andy kaufman was very socially awkward too when mm-hmm. he was in front of cameras and stuff but 
So he's kind of nuts. Uh, and then he got some flack for like an off the cuff comment to a female reporter. Cause like mm. he, she asked him such a basic question, like you've done all this stuff. What's next on your bucket list? He's like, I don't know. Can I say you? Uh, <laughs> which is like, sure, maybe. Oh, Sonic has to do with a uh, bucket list is like a oh, theme in the I movie. I know that. Well, maybe yeah. I'm a fucking. Asshole. It's like a James Marsden who is sort of taking him to where he needs to go. Um, in the movie. If he like, has a satchel of teleportation rings, why would he need to be taken to where he needs to go? That's where he needs to go, because uh, when they meet, um, you see the the scene in the trailer that made everybody freak out the most, right. um, where they meet each other in like a shed, he shoots him with a trank gun, right? Um, and then he's in mid-throw of throwing um, a ring to like leave Earth while he's getting tranked read San Francisco on James Marsden's t-shirt. Oh. And while he's passing out, loses his satchel. Oh no. Onto a tall building in San Francisco. That's pretty funny. That's so, a good that's a good right that's a good yeah, plot. I'll watch yeah. that. But uh okay. Solid. Anyway, yeah. uh, I I don't think Jim Carrey is mentally able to be misogynist <laughs> at this point. And like I love calling no, out people yeah. for shitty misogynists to come. But he's like on a red carpet yeah, and, you know, uh, humble brag is someone who's done a few red carpets. Now they're <laughs> fucking mind numbing for these people. Oh yeah, because they've just gone through twenty quick interviews where you can't even hear the person. Yeah, so it's like yeah, you're to, just having questions shouted at you. So I feel like he might have <laughs> just said like that that line to anybody. So anyway, yeah. I'll give him a pass on that. But he got a lot of heat for it. Yeah, neither here nor there. There you go. Yeah. Did you see Birds of Prey? Yes, I did. I saw Birds of Prey. Let's review Birds of Prey real quick. I definitely saw Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, so first and foremost, the thing I want to say is go see this movie. Yeah, it's super it is fun. T- at least in the top half of all superhero movies I've ever seen. Yeah. If, of if any you're studio. a person who is, can get into an R-rated movie, go see Birds of Prey. If you are under that, go see Sonic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I would prefer... No one under 17 is listening to this podcast. No one... No one under 40 is listening to this one. That's probably not true. If you're under 17, <laughs> right in. Dan's the nice guy. All right. Uh, go see Birds of Prey. It is amazingly well done. It's everything mm-hmm. I kind of wish Suicide Squad had been. Yes. Um, it is, like, it does empowerment in such a good tongue-in-cheek fucking way. Yeah. That makes me want to cut my own penis off halfway through the movie. Yeah, uh, could be like stop fucking talking to women like that. It's great. It's dynamite. Yeah, uh, the fight it's choreography very, very natural. How everything comes than, together. The fight choreography is better than half oh, of yeah. Marvel movies. Oh, it's so good. I'm like to to each character's style. Oh my like, god. Yeah, there's a point in the movie. No spoilers. Where Harley is, uh, has a baseball bat, <laughs> her usual weapon of choice. Yep. and she is wielding it like Captain America's fucking shield. Yeah, and she just understands the physics of a baseball bat so well. And like, yeah. gotta remember, like, and they touch on this, like, she's a PhD. She's a very smart person. <laughs> yeah, like everything she does is very on purpose. Yeah, I love the little flashes. You get one in the in the trailer. But there's a couple of little flashes of her like psychoanalyzing a situation. Oh my god, it's, it's so, so good, good. and, and like, like poignant. <laughs> she is very in control of things, and almost yeah. a Rick Sanchezian way, yeah, 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 in a goofy way because she knows people so well and she can read them. Yeah, and it is so dynamite. Yeah, 
Uh, so <laughs> go see it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, more to the point, the director says it's not a Harley Quinn movie. And I will never <laughs> tell anyone they are not allowed to describe their own art. Mm-hmm. But boy, is this a Harley Quinn movie. I oh, think you yeah. said it like it's narrated yeah. by it's, her. It yeah. stars her. She definitely has the most amount of screen time. Yeah, they they do a like animated style like wrap up of her backstory. She's yeah. the only character that happens for her. It is. And it's yeah, it's like right off the bat at the top of the movie. It's like, I'm Harley. Here's my story moving forward yeah, <laughs> not this is the team <laughs> it is very much her I would say that she is in probably 80% of the scenes of the movie yeah and I would say the person that has the second most screen time is probably Ewan McGregor not even another bird of prey yeah so, who is delightful in this too he is and very <laughs> chewing weird. the scenery like, there was one thing I didn't care about it was his transformation into black mask cause I'm like mm. oh I don't give a shit about your emotions at all you're a piece of shit but yeah. in a fun way yeah. So yeah, uh, I, I I really like their uh the Victor Zaz. Oh, he did a good job. Yeah, and the, like not over the top evil, no. just like kind of weirdly like just, subservient, yeah, but like still, still kind sadistic. of fun going, but sadistic yeah. and yeah. He's yeah. better than the uh uh Nolan versus Zaz. Yeah. Which is crazy. He's like actually like a complex character. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, and the, I don't, it's just such a weird throwaway, but he's still gross. Like, there's this one point where he licks Harley's face. <laughs> yeah, Did you yeah. catch that? And it's such a throwaway second. I'm like, oh, you're gross, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's still like psychotic. <laughs> still very psychotic. <laughs> Oof. All right, moving forward. No yeah. time to die. Yeah. Coming out by. Okay. Uh, I recently rewatched a couple of the Bond films. Yeah. I just love Daniel Craig Bond so yeah. much. He's real good. He's so good. Uh, things i didn't know about uh quantum of solace and i'm gonna t- c- touch back on this later about sequels mm-hmm. i sh- i've shit on this movie so many times <laughs> in the course of this podcast over a year <laughs> but on second watch it's pretty damn good yeah it just it's not as good as casino royale so it yeah it, the detriment of this movie was that it, <laughs> it had, wasn't the best bond movie <laughs> right it, 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 it was yeah. on the, the coattails of something <laughs> so great and i didn't know this that the script was written two hours before the beginning of the writer's strike or finished two hours oh jesus they were like get this fucker done because we can't touch it (laughs) so the the script was finished hours before the beginning of the writer's strike which means they were not allowed to amend it or yeah they're not allowed to edit it they're not allowed to bring in so much of the movie that mm. feels like a direct connection to casino royale because the whole thing is a direct sequel now is because they couldn't fix the things that were written it was supposed to be very on its own Okay, but it it really suffered from that. Now it was the most expensive Bond movie ever made. Yeah, it had the most amount of action sequence, and Daniel Craig was in the hospital three times Ooh. for very serious things, including cutting off a piece of his finger. Oh God! But each time he was like, "Whatever, keep rolling." Like yeah. he was just such a badass. But he was severely hurt three yeah. times. That's why he's always gonna like sort of tongue-in-cheek shitting on it in between movies. He's just oh, like, sure. I'd rather die than do another one of these. Yeah. But it's <laughs> yeah. so damn good going back. He goes to the hospital because the movie is more than Tom Cruise does. Right. Oh, yeah. He also, uh, the first uh, Bond movie, I didn't know this, where he does not say Bond, James Bond. Oh. And also the first one where he does not sleep with the Bond girl. Yeah. Which I really liked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they were they were, yeah they were trying to go with like a hey here's our new, new slightly bond. less yeah. misogynist bond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, That's why I said slightly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> so no time to die. Uh, the song is out. The Billie Eilish. Yeah, cover. listen to it. I, I originally turned it off at first. I gave again second mm. try. I'm like because you go in with expectations for things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my second time that I had an expectation, I really like it. Yeah, I I, I feel like it wouldn't be like a playlist song. No, it's not Skyfall. But, but it instantly, uh, when I listen to it, it instantly evokes that Bond opening. Sure. Like slow motion visual, you know, Absolutely. thing. That I was just like, yeah, this feels like a Bond title right. song. Skyfall though was out. It slaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adele did it justice. Now uh, Eilish does a good job. It's a fun song. Again, like my expectations go in. We're like, oh, she just won all these Grammys. It better be great. Oh, I don't like this immediately. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, that's something I'm gonna work on. And now, so <laughs> I'm gonna put this to something in my life. I'm gonna relate this to something. And this is for Brian, who says I need to do this more often. <laughs> when from now on, when I'm watching movies or ingesting a new piece of pop culture, I'm gonna eat some candy or drink a soda first and get that cocaine part of my brain going because when i have to drive home from work uh in an hour's traffic to get 15 minutes worth of road across town yeah because traffic in austin is bullshit i go to the the company snack room and i get myself a little snack and i eat it all the way home so i'm distracted and like i get a reward center going on so i think uh it's very possible when I saw Quantum of Sol- Solace, maybe I was hangry. I yeah. don't know. All right. So I'm going to go to movies early, the place I go see movies, order some food first, some drinks, eat it, and then I'm going to watch the movie. It's going to put me in a better mood. Word. Okay. Uh, Box Office Pro is predicting this will be the highest earning Bond movie of all time. Sounds about right. Uh, I didn't know that they've all done really well. And yeah. Quantum of Solace actually did really well internationally. Yeah, the the Craig ones especially because the they're the highest, yeah, by, by far. Yeah, the um, uh, Pierce Brosnan's were sort of less return, you know, diminishing sure. returns every one that they did. But I feel like the, uh, yeah, it's you know, the, your first one's always your biggest money maker with a new Bond. Yeah, but I feel like Daniel Craig is like the drop that it had from Quantum of Solace. Um, it like it stayed pretty steady and even like yeah. climbed a little sure so uh which is unusual for a casino for a royale bond. yeah yeah uh hit the billion dollar mark worldwide i didn't Word. know that yeah and so the current like overall winner for daniel craig or any bond movie is skyfall with uh in the opening weekend 88.3 million and they're okay. pre- predicting no time to die to do 75 to 100 okay so plus or minus yeah yeah we'll see and, uh, Rami Malik, Rami Malik, Rami. I feel like it is Rami Malik. Yeah, uh, will not dispute rumors that his character is actually Doctor No. Okay, so we'll see. Which is like something that they they, kind of, they always bring in someone who ends up being someone from the series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. The, that's all my no time to die. Interesting uh, news. Yeah, but you should this, go listen this to this one's song. what's supposed to be definitely Daniel Craig's last. Yeah, but they keep saying that. Yeah. I think they just keep throwing more money at him. And he's like, all right, fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got three bones left. Let's yeah. do it. You said no when you were in the hospital. Give it a, yeah. give it a couple of months. Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, okay. There is a new Planet of the Apes movie being made and put out. Okay. This is post-merger. Because okay. it was owned yeah, by yeah, Fox. Yeah, Fox and now property. it's Disney. Yeah. And everyone is very afraid of it being a reboot. Because... Yeah. The last Apes trilogy is so goddamn good. Yeah. I think people gloss over it. It is a 
generation defining uh, trilogy. It is so goddamn good. Yeah, I have never been more entranced in a storyline for for a franchise. I typically yeah, didn't or like give a shit about. emotionally connected to a CG oh, character. My God, Andy Serkis. <laughs> yeah. When his family dies, Caesar's spoiler uh, alert for a movie that came out years ago. Yeah. Um. Anyway, apes. <laughs> neither no here nor there. Apes. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh. Oh, this. The, they invented something so beautiful. Uh, he has gone to Twitter. West Ball is the director and writer. Mm. He has gone to Twitter to say this is unequivocally not a reboot. Okay. Has some other flowery language, but the the basics are. He says Caesar Caesar's legacy will continue. Big spoiler okay. alert for Planet of the Apes, the new trilogy. Cover <laughs> your ears in three, two, one. <laughs> Caesar dies at the end of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uncover your ears, you're good now. So, <laughs> uh, my theory is that because this was kind of a preview trilogy to the Planet of the Apes we know with Charlton Heston. Yeah, this will be like the Charlton Heston, Planet of the Apes, but with this style ape. Yeah. This CGI, so this they'll is... have more language skills, they'll have more technology. Yeah. So, the, the prequel trilogy was essentially a reboot into the, the universe, universe and now we get to remake the original because but with keeping these in universe not a reboot of the Andy Serkis trilogy he didn't necessarily say it wasn't a reboot of Charlton Heston's Planet yeah, of the yeah, yeah. which is something I want to see yeah it's so rare for me to want to see a sequel or a reboot <laughs> and this could potentially be both yeah and I want it because it's so well done Hollywood take note I can't remember, and I'm looking back through my notes from previous episodes. Have we talked about Rick Moranis coming back to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yes. We have? Okay. I'm super excited about it. So he's coming back, Rick Moranis, uh, after... And uh, Little Shop of Horrors as well. Is he going to be in it? Uh, supposedly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, well, you know, did we talk about who's playing the main characters? It's Taron Taren uh, Edgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then ScarJo is Audrey 1. Yeah. Anyway, Billy Porter <laughs> is going to be Audrey 2. Oh, nice. kind of cool. All right. <laughs> Putting that aside. So Rick Moranis back. The movie is called Shrunk. Okay. It is a direct sequel to Honey, I've Shrunk the Kids 1. Okay. So they're I think they're a... ignoring 2, 3, and Kid, and all the other okay. ones. Okay. Uh, they're doing a Superman Returns slash uh, Terminator Dark Fate right. slash. That's, yeah. that's the word on the street. The direct official sequel to the good one. <laughs> the official line on it is Josh Gad is starring in the sequel as Zelensky's now grown son Nick, the younger son with the glasses. <laughs> right. Which I think Josh Gad's pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah. An, in, an inventor who, like his father, creates a shrinking device only to accidentally end up using it on his own children. <laughs> uh, I, they could have taken it a better way, I think. Yeah. Because he, well, you can't invent the same thing your father created. Uh, but neither here nor there. My theory for this, and it's totally wrong, was that we were now in a world where shrinking and enlarging are really commonplace. Mm, but yeah. something happens where the technology is corrupted and they start losing control of it. So then we are kind of in a Gulliver's Travel situation where we have like a new set of adventurers going through a world that is constantly shrinking and growing, even like Alice in Wonderland style. Yeah. And the only person that can save us is Wayne Zelinsky. And I, and I really wanted that instead of just a direct copy of the first one. But yeah. I like Josh Gad, so maybe it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Disney sequels, Aladdin 2 is happening. 
Did you see the okay. Aladdin live action? I have not. So I just watched it. Okay. I watched a lot of movies because I didn't like what I got called out for not seeing movies. <laughs> yeah. I got really pissed. Yeah, so I went I watched, to the theater twice this week. <laughs> I, I watched probably ten movies in the last seven days. Yeah. <clears throat> the ones that I have not seen before. Uh, so Aladdin, it, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Mm. But I kept expecting exact things that happened in the cartoon to happen. The ending is very final as opposed to the opening ended ending of the cartoon. Okay. So Disney has said that the two will not follow the directed movie to be <laughs> Okay, sequels. it's not Return of the Jafar. <laughs> but I loved Return of Jafar, mm-hmm. and I liked it almost as much as regular Aladdin. Yeah. I thought it was really smart, but it won't be that. <laughs> Uh, and especially because, okay, spoiler alert for the end of Aladdin, if you haven't seen it, cover your ears in 3, 2, 1, <laughs> the genie is made into a human. 3, 2, 1, we're back. Uh, okay. Um, so it's we don't really know what's going to happen there. It takes a lot of the majesty out of the sequel. Yeah. Unless they find a new one. Yeah. All right, moving on. Hmm. Parasite saw a 200% rise in sales after they got their Oscar. Word. Which makes me happy as well yeah. it should. Uh, I, there's this meme going around that I love uh, at first because I thought it was cute, but now I'm angry because more and more people are asking. As Bong Joon Ho is now becoming a household name, people are asking him <laughs> why he decided to make the movie in Korean. <laughs> and the meme is they Such asked the Korean question. director who filmed in Korea with Korean actors about something that's happening in Korea. Uh, but again, that goes to more of our like. Uh, American mindset. Yeah. Oh, this is big in America. Therefore, it it was made here. (laughs) And like, had it just won Best International Film, which used to be foreign film, no one would give a shit because it's best film. Like, well, wait, why is the best foreign film in Korean? Fuck you, go watch it and find out because it's that (laughs) goddamn good. But stop being xenophobic. And then I saw rants about like, well, there's no people of color in the movie. I'm like, they're all Korean. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, there's no diversity. I'm like, shut the fuck up and go watch the Korean film, you piece of shit. Moving on. White people be stupid. Yep. Uh, Jurassic World 3 is in production. And here was where I was going to bring up Quantum of Solace because I watched two sequels in this week, too, uh, which is Quantum of Solace and Fallen Kingdom. I decided to give them both a second chance because I hated both. Yeah. Uh, Quantum of Solace redeemed itself. Fallen Kingdom is even worse than I remember. (laughs) Fallen Kingdom. Oh, it was so bad when we watched it. Yeah. And I was like, the plot was so forgettable that I was like, every 10 seconds, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm even going to say, yes, spoilers for this movie because it's so bad. There's a little clone girl. There is a human clone in that movie. Was there? Yes. <laughs> who's the actor that plays? I don't even remember. Who's that the at actor all. that plays Zephyr Cochran? Um. And, oh my and god, the, James the, Cromwell. Thank you. And <laughs> I guess the farmer from Babe. Yeah. So James that, Cromwell that plays John Hammond's brother. Yes. And he had lost his daughter. Oh, holy shit. Yep. I totally forgot about the whole plot. Right? And so he got in a fight with John because he's like, I want you have the technology clone my daughter. And he said, no. So when John Hammond dies, then he takes <laughs> yeah. over the technology and clones his little daughter. Yeah. And that that's a plot point for no reason. Yeah. For no, this a, plot point it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. In a dinosaur movie. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to do with it. They make a new Indominus Rex that's now an Indomitoraptor. Yep. Uh, which listens to commands a little better. Like, and, like, the the big part is basically all the dinosaurs that they rescue from the island from a, uh, 
from a volcano erupting that they caused themselves so they could go steal dinosaurs and bring them to America and sell them to people that want to shoot them for fun or use them for weapons or eat them. Yeah. Uh, Is that they're now released in the wild and they said they're going to breed like crazy, even though there's not that many. Yeah. But now the idea is it really is a Jurassic. And that's like the end, like the very end of the movie is Ian Malcolm going, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jurassic World. And everybody like, turned the camera, wink. It's meant to be terrifying. Yeah, it's to him. supposed to be menacing. Yeah, well, it's supposed to him having like PTSD to the park and being like almost trying to be pithy but not pulling off. And I understand what they were going for, but it comes off so cheesy and shitty. Yeah. Had they called it like Jurassic Park 4 and 5? Maybe it would have had a more impact, yeah. But because it's the name of the movie yeah, trilogy yeah, you're doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like have the last one be Jurassic World because he said it at the end of the last movie. Sure, you know? but uh, there was that short that came out, and we've talked about that on the yeah, show, yeah, that yeah. Jurassic World short that came out. That's like this is what it's like now that dinosaurs are in the wild again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think we're gonna see a lot of that going on. Uh, but there was a little clone girl. No reason. <laughs> yeah, no I do reason. think that they, in a way they're trying to set up, which has always been rumored mm. for years in Jurassic Park, they tried to do human dinosaur hybrids. Like if you look up <laughs> Jurassic Park, um, uh, pro- project art or mm-hmm. like uh, what Jurassic Park 4 was supposed to be it's all human dinosaur hybrids and there's all <laughs> sorts of pr- production stills that's what they made they made all these production stills and production storyboard art to, to go with this and then they scrapped it but I think that's where they're going they're finally going to do it <laughs> we'll see but we also know. know that that's a hell of a thing to introduce in the sixth movie I know but they're running out of fucking ideas again because there's a little human clone for no fucking reason so we know and so Ian uh Jeff Goldblum's Ian, Ian Malcolm Malcolm he's just in the courtroom basically saying hey let these dinosaurs die don't go to the goddamn island I can't stress this enough and of course they go anyway because we're stupid <laughs> Uh, but now he is back in a real role in this movie. Sam Neill and Laura Dern. Mm. Oscar winner Laura Dern is yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, reprising their roles. And then the, this all brings us down to two more characters are coming back. One, Jake Johnson. Okay. Who you will never convince me is not Oscar Isaac in a little bit of makeup. <laughs> I believe that Oscar Isaac and Jake Johnson are the exact same human being. And you will never uh, convince me. Also, otherwise. both playing different Spider-Men in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. They are. <laughs> yeah. So Jake Johnson uh, is coming back. He was in Jurassic World 1, the computer hacker that was wearing the Jurassic Park t-shirt. Yeah. And he's like, it's cool, right? I got it on eBay. She's like, you know, a lot of people died. <laughs> She'll be ba- uh, he'll be back. And then uh, Omar Sy, who was Owen's assistant. Okay. When training the raptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought is interesting. So they're bringing a... It's a very big cast. Word. So I'm hoping we uh, they're going for like an endgame moment. Yeah. Where it's like all these people we've seen in these movies. But, and we'll not... Especially not have the impact of it. But it's like a lot of... Because we always see them in little groups. There's always two or three people. Mm-hmm. Maybe at the very end it's five running from raptors. But what if it was the opposite? What if it's like a big group of humans all hunting down the dinosaur? <laughs> yeah. They just go kill the T-Rex. What if it just ends with all of them in like a bunker? It's like the world's being torn to shit. There's so few dinosaurs that get off the island. I can't imagine there's so, there's so many where they where the government couldn't just go get them all in a zoo right now. It's so, there's gonna have to be something written about how like oh they started breeding massively. Yeah. 
<laughs> also, there are some very sad moments of Dr- Jurassic World 2, but they really milk it in a very Toy Story 3 kind of way, where it's like, yeah. we see dinosaurs dying almost constantly. They're dying on the island. They're dying from noxious fumes and containment. Uh, but finally, uh, Owen and, oh my God, what is Bryce Dallas Howard's? Claire. Yeah. Owen and Claire decide... We're going to let all the dinosaurs die because this is fucking nuts. And got there at no point has this ever worked. Every time there's been dinosaurs, they've been used for terrible purposes or gotten out. And then the little girl clone releases all the dinosaurs into the wild because she's like, they're like me. They're clones. So I got to save them. God, this little soulless girl has destroyed everything. I hate it. I hate Fallen Kingdom. That's our episode this week. <laughs> I know what I'm going to call this one. <laughs> you like that one, huh? I really did. Thank you, Dan Richardson, for being our co-host. Thank you so much to everyone listening. Please review us on iTunes if you're so inclined. Email us at 5x5film at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, or criticisms, or find us on Facebook at 5 by 5 at the Movies. Thank you, Dan, Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and the entire 5 by 5 network. We'll see you next week with another 5 by 5 at the Movies. Little fucking clone girl. Roll credits. <laughs>